Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the 13th Hour Podcast, hosted by Fatma Qureshi and Zira Khurram, where we dissect hot-button political and now health news stories every month by bringing you closer to the facts and history through interviews and conversations that hopefully won't bore you to death. At the time of this recording, the COVID-19 statistics had not skyrocketed as they have in the u.s at this point so please bear with us um some of the statistics largely pertain to china iran and italy um and as we know now the u.s is like the number one country with the highest no i mean it's the country with the highest number of covid19 cases um which is something that you know was sort of foreseeable with the way the policy went but you know that's where we are with our statistics um but aside from that everything else should be pretty relevant At the time of the recording, at this recording, we have had over 94,000 coronavirus cases confirmed around the world. And I think it's also Mm -hmm. worth mentioning that over 51,000 have been recovered. Um, Most of the cases have been in China, followed by South Korea, Iran, Italy, and others. So, I mean, the scale is huge. And I don't think we should really get into, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, you know, how it began, but it's good to sort of contextualize our discussion yeah. about bringing up the myths. So let's just yeah. maybe start with like, you know, when it began and when was it first mm-hmm. discovered? Yeah. So basically in 2019 is when Chinese researchers discovered like this new strain of a coronavirus. So they knew that this was going to happen, but they didn't know how it was going to happen or, you know, like the the amount of people that will be infected. So they just started calling it disease X because they didn't have a name for it at the time. And the thing with the coronavirus is that it keeps on, um, it is like a recurring type of a virus. So you had SARS and then a couple of years later you had MERS, which is, so SARS is, so yeah, so SARS was the first type of a coronavirus that had like a huge, uh death toll huge number of people infected and then you had mers which was the middle eastern respiratory syndrome which also had a huge number of people infected um a lot of deaths those were both contained and you know people got better so the new uh coronavirus covid19 was expected so researchers knew that this was going to happen but they didn't know when or how you had a bunch of chinese doctors and researchers go to the chinese government in late 2019 and tell them that oh this is what we found we found this new strain of coronavirus this is going to happen people i think at that point people had started being um infected like they had some people with fever had some symptoms of the virus um very few of them but like the researchers knew what this was and then the chinese government um told them to keep it quiet and not tell anyone um because they thought that it wasn't as severe 
as SARS, and, yeah. and it was just probably something that they were coming up with, like they do, mm-hmm. like scientists in labs would. And this was actually yeah. they were told off earlier in 2019, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is that when SARS first, like you know, the first cases of SARS started popping up in China as well. Uh, the government did not disclose the actual figures of transmission um, and how many people were infected, uh, which is something that they admitted to in 2005, so a year after um, the pandemic or the epidemic. The SARS was a pandemic, epidemic, because... <clears throat> Because there's a difference between epidemic and pandemic, according to the World Health Organization. Um, So the fact that they took this approach when it came to COVID-19 is not surprising. But at the same time, you would have hoped that they'd learned from SARS um, because they are implementing a lot of the same policies. That's the thing. And Um, the policy of secrecy of keeping this like on the hush hush is something that especially Hong Kongers remember it very succinctly. You know, withholding all of this information to just save face was exactly like you said, what happened in the 2003 SARS um, epidemic. And that pattern has started to repeat itself. But I think the question that a lot of people are asking is that, you know, why would then the Chinese Communist Party be muzzling all of these doctors? Because this is for the greater good. And China talks about economic growth and prosperity and keeping its country healthy, you know, just the fundamentals of keeping the country running. And um, so... Why would then this whistleblower, Li Wenliang, be just like completely silenced by the CCP until they declared it? Yes, it is an epidemic up and running up like up until like January 14 or 15. I think that it, it like you said, like there is an aspect of saving face, but I think it also had a lot to do with preserving this idea that the Chinese government is on top of everything and is able to safeguard their people. Right. So you, if you do look at the way that things are reported in Chinese media. So like the Global Times, China Daily. Um, There is obviously no criticism of the government whatsoever because they are obviously, you know, there is heavy censorship in China. But I think along with the Hong Kong protests, if you did have this um, virus, this new strain of a virus popping up, Um, And ultimately, diseases are linked to poor hygiene and not being able to take care of, you know, the way that things are supposed to run. You could have a lot of uh, anti-Chinese people or, like you know, like opponents of China be like, oh, see, they can't even manage what's happening in one of the biggest cities of their country, which is so important for their economic development. Like you have so many people that are now um, a threat of this new disease, how can they expect to govern places like Hong Kong and Macau that are already so, uh, you know, up in arms about their governance? So the other thing is, no, I mean, I was just saying in relation to what you said that just this idea of like, you know, trying to keep it quiet is also not very foreign to many Hong Kongers and, you know, even people Mm -hmm. in Macau, people in Taiwan, and anybody that is very cynical of the Chinese government. So one thing that many countries have been doing, if we kind of like bring in like the um, international relations climate here, you know, with the U.S., um, you know, trade war with China, and then everybody's basically mm-hmm. anti and, and very anti-Chinese sentiment, given the Xinjiang concentration camps that have been holding up millions, upwards of three millions of um, Uyghur Muslims, they kind of have yeah. become quite opportunistic 
to pile on China and their strategies, which is rightfully so, because we see that their tactics have been also very, um, very prejudicial and has been working against many people that have been living in Hubei province. And so this, the way that the world is reacting is an overreaction to this disease, this outbreak. And this whole, you know, maybe this is a good time to bring up the the paranoia and the like the panic buying of how do you stay clean and how do you stay over hygienic and just like today i was uh watching the news and how people in italy in iran especially in italy because the culture of kissing is huge there they're saying that everyone should refrain from kissing everyone should refrain from touching and all of these other things so like i like i don't know because some say that it, it helps some say it doesn't help you know are these preventative measures even effective well, I think according to the World Health Organization, yes. Um, and I think because it's a new disease and we, we really don't have much to go on, right? Um, I would say just defer to people who have dealt with, uh, you know, controlling SARS and MERS before. And if they say that, you know, human to human contact will increase your chances, like, of getting this disease, I would say, you know, maybe, don't go in for that kiss. Like, just like, you know, like, stay back, you know. Um, but, you know, w- which is not to say that you will never get this virus, um, because some reports are saying that 40 to 70% of the human population may get this virus uh by 2021 and a lot of people that do contract COVID-19 have very mild symptoms so a lot of people like you said in the beginning do recover from this um it does present as like a few it it presents as a normal flu actually which is uh what initially makes it difficult to diagnose because it looks like you just have the flu but then it's a coronavirus. And uh, the symptoms so. are invisible for like over 14 days and you wouldn't know that oh. you're diagnosed with oh, it yeah. until after 14 days later and then all mm-hmm. of the feverish symptoms yeah, yeah, yeah. start hitting you really strongly. And I think at one point, um, some Chinese researchers now also said that it some symptoms could be invisible for more than 14 days. So there could be a possibility that the 12th quarantine period extends to 30 days. So that's something. That's very critical i mean it's it's okay to be you know protecting yourself um on a daily basis from things but then there's this question of are facial masks really going to protect you from the coronavirus germs yeah that's like so many people are also confused about that because a lot of people are like only medical grade masks can actually be effective um because like the the regular masks that you and i would be able to get if we go to the pharmacy like they're not that effective let's be honest um but not everyone is able to afford medical grade masks and don't go and get please don't go and get medical grade masks because doctors need those to treat the actual coronavirus patients um Please do not stockpile on those masks because that would just, you know, 
that'd be bad yeah, for everyone. When there's a shortage um, of masks and the ones who need it the most won't have it anymore because it's already in short mm-hmm. supply. And then yeah. these mask companies yeah. are driving up the prices. So is it really helping? Nope. Is it curbing the numbers of infected cases? Nope. And yet people still continue. I mean, if you want to go and get like those normal like masks, do it as like an extra precaution. But, you know, um, I don't think it's going to be that effective. Because I like did some heavy research on this. Um, I was like, I think a few weeks ago when it was like this huge uh, story every on everyone's minds. Um, people were saying to get like the N95 masks um, and just a bunch of different mask yeah. grades. And then I found that normal surgical masks um, can actually leave that little bit of space between the mask and the nose and the mouth. So, you know, especially among those that are untrained to use it, um, any kind of surgical mask that is that you can get from the drugstore. So those that actually wear them will also move them aside frequently, right? And to like, for example, yeah. to eat... Uh, to scratch their nose or to talk. So when you actually wear it properly, these masks can help protect the wearers from the pollution or other uh, pathogens. But many health professionals and doctors, even the WHO said that they do not protect their wearers from viral uh, particles. The quarantining question, I think, is kind of on everybody's heads and how are they supposed to do it if they are contracted? So let's, okay, this one, I think, major issue for them is that once people are recovered, there have also been cases that they're not actually recovered. They're still carrying the virus. So how do you then determine that if somebody that has been released from the hospital, from that quarantine in the hospital to the to the public, and that they would still be continuing to, you know, mingle with people, yeah, I don't know, rub shoulders with people or, or even hold hands. And that is also one way that many state governments and heads of states are saying that this is wrong. So whenever you're quarantining a person, quarantine them um, to no limit. It's like the timeline is undetermined. And obviously, like the knock on effect is the mental health issues. Like people are yeah. like crazy. Like imagine if you and I are contracting the virus, have contracted the virus, what the hell are we going to go through psychologically? Like there is no system in place that would also ensure that they are safe. Um, even their um, like the way that they're dealing with it emotionally um, is, is safe because people are not even touching them. Like the doctors yeah. are even refusing to touch them. And it's all like that. All It's not just that, but you also have like this huge wave of just racist behavior towards anyone that looks even remotely east asian um which is i mean what like and the thing is this is this is a virus that doesn't look at race you know you have so many people in italy also being infected so many people in iran that are also being infected so what are you just gonna start interacting with anyone that looks white or brown um i don't know it, it, it's it's just fueling a lot of pre-existing chinese sentiment like uh i was i was watching um last week tonight with john oliver because that man is a genius he had a segment on the coronavirus um and he was talking about so he had like that a clip from fox news about a man um who was critiquing the way that the chinese government handled the virus in the first place which is understandable like that is justified uh but then he followed that up with um the chinese government 
allows the sale of bats in an open market and how can we have this country interact with the civilized world i'm sorry what yeah 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 this is very regressive thinking yeah yeah and this is really reminiscent of how many europeans are also reacting to this and even americans in fact a lot of white people man just, just stop doing that stop doing stop bringing back this yellow peril that is that is long gone and you're mm. supposed to just bury it deep because we know this is inherently racist because it's like saying that any kind of fear of sickness whether it was mers um ebola yeah. the zika virus it becomes a license for racism and xenophobia oh yeah and folks don't get that so there was like this interesting case, and I think you should know this. Um, it's a, I think it was a CTV, so it's a Canadian um, TV host or journalist, I suppose. His name was a Peter Ackerman. He actually okay. tweeted. Okay. So he was he went to a barber shop, right? He went to a barber shop, and he happened to have a barber um, who was an Asian. And so what he did was that he tweeted something pretty racist, saying that you know oh, some, no. someone oh. saved me. My barber is an Asian. I hope I don't contract the coronavirus. He hashtag coronavirus. And obviously, what happened was he was laid off, um, and he apologized for tweeting that. But immediately, almost immediately. But like just just that alone is ridiculous to me. A journalist Mike said that. Yeah, yeah. My, my question is. Okay, there's okay if you say it like verbally i understand like sometimes we don't think and we just say things and then we apologize for them this man took the time to think of it pull out his phone type it out read it and then tweet it like there are so many layers of analysis that this went through and his mind was all like that's fine. And as a journalist, Great. it's just shameful to think that some yeah. a, a colleague or someone just out there who believes in the same values that we do would even go his way out to do that as a joke. Yeah. And this other on the other side, um, there have been people I've been talking about. You know, they just kind of like bring up jokes of, for instance, if somebody coughs in public, they're like, "He's got corona. She's got corona." You know, it's 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 it just becomes like. A, if you want to call it dark humor or comedic saying that it's, it's comic yeah. relief for people just so that they can assuage some of the fears and yeah. the anxiety around it but I think there's a line you know there is a clear cut line that folks don't understand and this also includes all non-Chinese people listening to this that you know you frame yeah. Chinese people as being diseased and unhygienic and this has been going on since the 19th century when lots of Chinese immigrants were coming into the U.S. and Canada and all of those other European countries. And it's it's just like a repetition of history at this point, whether it's the CCP doing it, you know, a la SARS, or whether it's um, white people doing it. Yeah. And the, like, the weird thing is, I don't even know how the stereotype began in the first place. Like, what was... Like, who thought of this? Is my question. I know. Yes. Yes. my Yeah, I'm the only yes. one in the class. And yes, I'm raising my hand here. Yeah. She's raising her hand. <laughs> yeah. So it actually dates back to this, um, to this Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882, um, based oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the eugenics movement um, that also called out on 
any black and brown people and even Native American people being racially inferior yes. because they are, I think we talked about this, biologically depraved. Remember that? So they oh, yeah. segregated, they sterilized, they controlled immigration, yada, yada. They did everything they had to do, just include, exclude, sorry, an entire ethnicity. And they barred every single Chinese laborer from immigrating to the U.S. And then even a few years later, it was in 1992, I believe, um, it was another act that they had passed that they required Chinese residents to um, register and then obtain proof of residence or face deportation. And this was carried forward to the 1920s and 30s. And the rest is history. In uh, the the first time I heard about the Chinese Exclusion Act, it was actually my um, professor that was teaching us Black press um, history. So she's te- she, she's teaching us African American history, and she uh, mentions this because you know it, it, it's obviously relevant to all other like Jim Crow and other exclusionist policies. But it's just like great, like a lot of people don't know about it. Like, a lot of people don't know about this. They only know about the Japanese internment camps because they have to learn about Pearl Harbor. And, and it goes to show why there's so much bigotry and ignorance amongst um, people that are living in, whether it's in Italy, Iran, South Korea, even in where I am right now in, in Malaysia, there have been many, like, racist attacks lobbed at Chinese immigrants and Chinese people, even mm-hmm. though there are lots of Malaysian Chinese people living here for generations yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it just like, it's, it's weird to see, like, you know, I think like you said very correctly that the virus doesn't like discriminate, you know, people do, we, we discriminate. And the fact that we continue to do it is actually creating, in fact, maybe even, um, inflating the outbreak in a way, because like the, our actions and the way that we're dealing with it is it's anything but preventative, Right. And it's us um, kind of trying to contain it, but also not, whether it's on the state level or on the public level. And one way or another, this is going to then worsen the situation. And apparently I also heard just today, which is kind of off topic, but a a dog has it. A dog has been uh, contracted in Hong Kong. Yeah. So, 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 so originally uh, people would say that, oh, you can't transfer it human to animal because if animals get it, they have like, you can't control animal mobility, right? Like that's going to be near impossible, right? Um, so originally the, the consensus was that if you have a pet, they cannot get the coronavirus, but apparently they they it's not that they can get infected with the coronavirus is that they can have like um uh, traces of it in their nose and their paws and stuff so they can't transmit it right so it it's like this it yeah it's bad it's really bad to a point where we don't have answers and mm-hmm. so why everyone's panicking but it's it's like is is there even a best practice in, in here now like on let's let's just start with like just on the level of us as ordinary citizens good law-abiding citizens of any country alone like how, how do we talk about it first we have to inform and stay informed right yeah. about what are i mean what masks work and which don't mm-hmm. and um you know how are the i mean are there any policies in place if not then we should be pressuring our representatives oh, or right. people in the companies um, that we're working in to take all of these things into account but yeah. is there anything else that they should be doing? 
given these very um, you know stereotypical things that they they keep saying on and on. A in terms of prevention, just like wash your hands every time you come back to your house before you meet anyone. I don't care if you come off as rude, just heading to the bathroom, but do it. Have a hand sanitizer on you at all times. Do not shake hands with anyone, like, in a public setting. Um, unless they've washed their hands as well and they've sanitized as well. Um, avoid going to crowded places. Because that's where you have the least control over, uh, you know, ways that the virus can be transmitted. Um, oh, I keep in mind that older people and people with pre-existing health conditions um, are more likely to be to have severe cases of COVID-19 if they contract them. So if you fall into either of those categories, just like take extra precaution. And most importantly, and like if racist. you can, yeah, that's actually like. Don't be we should guys. put this out there maybe we should put this in one yeah. of our posts just do not be racist please don't be racist it doesn't help anyone no and and least of all like you know the people infected mm-hmm. there just, yeah. just please grow a heart and, and wear a heart I, I, for once yeah. like this and i think like um there are strains of the coronavirus that like if you look at like the chemical makeup or uh, or molecular makeup, sorry, not chemical, molecular makeup of the virus, um, it has some similarities with the molecular makeup of HIV, right? Um, which is, uh, it, it, okay, first of all, the coronavirus is not HIV. You cannot get coronavirus from a person that has HIV unless that person actually has the coronavirus. Just putting it out there, it, they're not the same disease right um but you did have like a lot of people that thought it was the same disease so you had again like this giant tirade of just like awful comments about people that have AIDS or HIV and comparing them to like people that had COVID-19 and all of that and it's it's just like those aren't even they're not even the same things don't discriminate with people that have a disease because no one wants to go out and get a disease like no no one is like purposely going out there and getting covid19 or 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 hiv for that matter this is like a no-nonsense thing to say but i feel like people really need to hear it because they just take it so like okay especially those that are in the comfort of their homes they don't have to go out they're doing work from Mm -hmm. home stuff and they think that it's yeah. all in good. It's all online. That's why there's so much like hyper panic paranoia everywhere else. And, 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 and it's not online. Like it's not all online because a lot of the media, as we know, is caters to the English speaking world, um, which in and of itself will mean that there is a great proportion of uh, information that is lost from countries where you don't have a majority of information in English. And I think that when the HIV uh, COVID-19 uh, reports were coming out uh, about like the molecular makeup, there was a hospital in Thailand that started treating a patient with COVID-19 with the mixture of uh, drugs that was used to treat uh, SARS, the flu, and HIV as well. And the woman showed signs of like great improvement. Um, so they were working on developing a vaccine that had like elements from all three of those medicine medicines 
Um, but a lot of like the information that you do have about vaccinations is like you said about U.S. based companies and no one's talking about what like the assumption is that no one else is doing yeah. anything uh, when that's not true. There was actually an article that mm-hmm. I just uh, read today where people mm-hmm. are now very so alarmist that they're making podcasts and newsletters about coronavirus i mean us too but like we want to debunk yeah. some of the the stuff that the conversations that are going around here like every everything is about coronavirus now it's like it's become this oh, talk yeah. of the town but then you know the flip side of our very gracious news cycle is that the minute this is contained and people have i mean the infections are maybe curbed and controlled a little better then we will just move on to something else like there is no follow up and there there is no check in just the way that it was with SARS H1N1 Zika and Ebola and MERS and so i mean Given all of this, right, like we're dealing with an epidemic, a potential pandemic, as per the WHO, you know, there's also just the general flu. The flu kills more people, say, even in the U.S. and all around the world than does the coronavirus, which is the novel coronavirus. Uh, There have been nearly 40,000 flu related deaths around the world um, just as of a few months ago, according to the WHO. 40,000. The influenza. And how many the, corona, the coronavirus? Uh, the coronavirus at the moment, the deaths are 3,214. Yeah. Globally, yeah. The flu does kill more people annually. It's like this, um, you know, this red herring that people have been putting out to say that, so to speak. So why are we so worried about this other epidemic? It's very trivial compared to the flu. But, you know, the main things that we need to be thinking about is that, A, the reason why the people are not, I mean, people are more affected by the flu and not the coronavirus just yet. Well, of course, it has to do with like how how many precautions we're taking, but also because many people are not very, they're not paying heed to the public health systems too. They're not getting vaccinated. You know, the anti-vax people, they still exist in this world, unfortunately. They're not taking the precautions and they sort of have this very, um, very lackluster attitude towards it until they get really sick. Like, that's, that's it. That's the problem. So the crux of the issue is that the struggle is with the public health system, but it's also because that people normally raise it and they think they become alarmist only when they get sick. Yeah, true. And, sure. and since like both of them are respiratory symptoms and they have a high fever, it becomes a problem to tell them apart, which makes it all the more complicated uh, for many people out there with, you know, the, these just these layers of issues that we were just hashing out right now. And it gives you all the more reason to get vaccinated, to reduce your chances of getting the flu and being misdiagnosed or having your real virus missed because they thought it was the flu. Yeah. What are some of like the weirdest myths or or, or f- quote unquote facts um, that are people are putting out about the coronavirus where you read them and you're like, that is not true. Yeah, I've been hearing multiple cases of well, obviously conspiracy theories that people mm-hmm. say, or I think this was two months ago when I read I read them in on um, on Reddit and on Twitter. And by just a few um, anti-US people, which I mean, I I get why you're even feeling this way, that 
It's the U.S. that planted the seed of the virus in China so they can wipe out China as a way of, I don't know, of showing their defense or as revenge. I don't know what, but they said that this is definitely an American plot. And that's why now Iran is infected. Now China's infected. You know, they're like, oh, look at these patterns. You, you guys, like, you know, alarm oh, bells they ringing. Just, they just hate Italy. They apparently just hate Italy. So, and like, I just go down like the threads in the rabbit hole of like all of these um, weird theories above that theories is. that are being oh, made. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, and you I'm, know, where is this coming from? I've, I've also heard the opposite that the Chinese uh, government developed it in a lab, which... It itself is like no what oh god you know what's worse though what? people say that this was developed in area 51 oh my god what yes that no. it's it's like a military plan and because they're aliens and all of these weird species anyway there uh, they're the ones that are I don't know. They they put together the virus and stuff. But then so ET is working on COVID nineteen. Apparently, ET is the cause of our worries. Yes. Oh no! Shit! The aliens are attacking us, and they attack the U.S. first. Hollywood. Oh. 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 oh okay. They're okay, either okay, in New okay, York okay. or in California or just somewhere mm-hmm. in between. True. 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 The more you argue with them, the more defensive they get. They're just like, I mean, just look at the politics, you know, look at all of these um, Mm -hmm. very frayed international relations, you know, how can you say otherwise? I've I've also read some people that think that not that it was developed in uh, Area 51, but that the military is responsible. The military or some government, someone is responsible for this for population control. Oh, Okay. And that apparently apparently if a certain number of people die is the same as planting a million trees cuz that's just their carbon footprint being erased and then this is the way to combat climate change which I'm like there are many ways to combat climate change covid-19 is not one of them this is not what's happening deliberate killing of people through developing a virus in a lab is definitely too like hollywood for me and that's all yeah. I can say for this the- that's that's what people also thought about the Tide Pod Challenge. Like, that was a, a way to control populations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah that's the thing, right? Like, they just start yeah, making these the connections. I don't want to forget about the Tide Pod Challenge. If, if any of our listeners forgot about the Tide Pod Challenge, here's a reminder. It existed. We ate detergent. <laughs> no, we. Hey, well, I mean, hey, we hey, did hey, it. Hey, we did not eat detergent. implicate you and me. <laughs> okay, we did not eat detergent, as you can quite obviously tell, unless we're all dead and this is our weird version of hell, which is now very much believable. Um, but uh, that was a thing that that people did they ate detergent oh and apparently there are a lot of people that think that you can um prevent the coronavirus if you and i quote gargle with bleach end quote some people want to know if it's okay to gargle with bleach because they think that it's a way to prevent the coronavirus do not gargle with bleach where did you hear that from Apparently, some people are, like, so freaked out. They were sending questions to John Hopkins University, being like, can I gargle with bleach? And you're like, no. 
don't put that anywhere near your mouth. And that's what I mean when I say that no one is well informed about public health hazards anywhere. This, I mean, this is just common sense. It's bleach. That they just think that bleach kills germs. Might as well just kill this really deadly virus, huh? Jesus Christ. Yeah, and also, please don't wear black masks. They they don't protect you from anything. I I just keep seeing people wearing these like cloth material black masks. They they don't do anything. Just just. Wait, is is the color supposed to be significant? Apparently, it doesn't do anything. It's just fashionable because you know it's it's made out of foam. Right, like it's yeah, it's yeah, 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 those black masks. Yes, yeah. those they they don't protect you either. Yeah, no, they don't. But there are Wait. mass numbers of people wearing it in this part of the world. Why? I don't know. I in Singapore, in Malaysia, and many have been spotted in other parts of the world too. Because is it because it's reusable and they can't afford to go and buy? A lot of masks. Um, and maybe because the surgical masks and all the other N95 level grade masks have run out. So they just resort to this one. But it also looks good. As per some tweets. Yeah, that's that's also a thing. That is also a thing that I Why are we... Okay, I didn't think aesthetics would be part of this conversation. But that's, I was apparently wrong. If people are also making racist jokes, thinking that it's okay, um, and that Asian Americans and Chinese people around the world would take it well, because this is, you know, just something lighthearted, why not just joke around about it? Then they can also do this, because superficiality is still a major problem in our modern day society. What? Yeah. Oh my god. He didn't have the coronavirus. I know, but I love how people are just clapping back with that. Because, I mean, I've been seeing images and footage of, like, just random people just covering up their mat, uh, covering up their faces, sorry, with their jackets, with their shirts, whenever they see an Asian person around, or just, like, staying away from them. And the best response, I swear, is when they cough. And you see them run, you see them run far and wide, never coming back, never looking back. And I'm like, bravo, you're a hero. Yeah, again, this is common sense, and yet ma majority of non-Chinese people continue to just come up with these racist shticks um, online and offline, you know, without even thinking about the consequences. 
And I mean, th that's, that's, that's like always been a question. Like, it's not even a question to be honest. Like, it's just like this, um, it's also become very existential. Some say that whenever we are hit with epidemics or pandemics and it comes from a certain place, a certain country or state, the very, um, you know, your confirmation bias would then associate it to that place and to that group of people. But when it's even coming from, say, the U.S. or from European countries, no one would even bat an eye and say that this is, say, a Italy virus. This is a Michigan yeah. virus. Like, no one would say that. Yeah. But the Wuhan virus and just that phrase alone is so charged and loaded People, you all should drop it. Just, it's not the Wuhan virus. You either call it's it COVID nineteen or the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. It has. It's had. It's had a lot of names if you think about it. Disease X, um, SARS NOV two, which was also one of its initial names, NOV COV nineteen, COVID nineteen, um. Hopefully, COVID-19 is, like, now the name of this virus, officially. So what's your TLDR of, you know, all of the this crisis, this chaos that's ensuing from this virus that will never seem to end? And we hope it does by the time this podcast is out. Okay, okay. Okay, first of all, if that was a read on when we release podcasts, I'm personally offended by it. So, like... <laughs> I love how you just read between the lines, knowing what I'm saying, because, you guys, she's our editor, and she really takes her sweet-ass time to get it out, you know, because she's got so much on her plate. She's a busy woman. She yeah, yeah. Oh, huh. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Oh. This is, this is probably going to come out... Um very soon because i have to leave for spring break so this has to come out before then so what is your um, tldr yeah uh tldr yes um please take proper precautions if you're going outside proper precautions does not mean that you be racist and avoid people that look east asian um don't tweet about the coronavirus unless you've like fact checked that shit like five that times. That is important. Media literacy, you guys. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Um don't stockpile on medical grade masks. If you are in an area where you still have medical grade masks and not everything that you see online about the virus is accurate. So do you have anything else to add? I mean, I'm just going to say one thing and one thing only. Can you just stop waving your political sticks at each other? I'm, I'm not even looking at like ordinary people and anyone that isn't informed about this issue. But just if we ever have politicians listening to this podcast, which would be awesome, um, just, just don't <laughs> talk about race, don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion when it comes to the virus, um, because the virus doesn't know these religion. things. Religion? Yeah, pe people still associate it with like all of these other factors, these constructs that maybe it's got something to do with the fact that it comes from this place and therefore it's associated to this. MERS is one example, one major example. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. There were lots of people that were also like taking the bait of trying to attack Islam and um, Muslim, Arab Muslims coming from that part of the world contracting the virus. Yes. That was also a wave at the time. 
but I guess it's just you know people it's us that aid and abet this kind of behavior and we've seen this one epidemic after another and the worst case being the HIV so to everyone out there you know just don't get rid of the discriminatory racist bigoted attitudes that you have and just talk about how do you tackle the virus keep each other safe keep each other informed if anybody of your family members or friends have it um, just make sure you're you know comforting them you're helping them and you know just that you're doing all the right things to you know not just just not be a complete idiot in this time just please we're adults here let's talk like adults in there even though trump is one too but still we are better than this we have a lot of information and facts online just search it up and you know your thing and do that this is the end of our episode we'll see you for the next one which will hopefully be do you want to tell them what it is no no i want them to wait i want them to wait okay all right All right, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. That was like a very lackluster bye on my part. Bye. Bye.